true crime on A&E with groundbreaking original shows like The First 48, Cold Case Files, Accused, Guilty or Innocent, and American Justice. No one brings you closer. Groundbreaking true crime every Thursday and Friday on A&E. Every advertiser knows the perfect campaign needs the perfect music to make it really pop. With Premium Beat, you get tracks produced by award-winning musicians working in world-class studios. So all of your videos will sound and feel professional. Best of all, unlike other music providers, our license gives you tracks for a lifetime. Pay once and never again. Save 25% on your next track. Just visit premiumbeat.com slash royalty dash free slash podcast to redeem your coupon. That's premiumbeat.com slash royalty dash free slash podcast. The stunning slaughter that later became to be known as the Lennoxville Purge is considered a turning point for the Hells Angels in their history in Quebec. basically the point where the Hells Angels decided we're going to become businessmen as opposed to just being rowdy bikers. Uh, when they were recruited into, uh, into the Hells Angels the, and formed the first chapter in Canada in 1977, the gang was still basically a group of unruly bikers who were more interested in partying and having fun and uh, partying uh, all weekend with coke and women. And, uh, but by 1982 that, that attitude had somehow changed. In 1985 they were involved in such high-level drug dealers with such groups as the West End Gang and the Mafia, groups that require professionalism from, uh, from their, their business associates, that they basically decide we have to decide our future here. If we're going to grow and become the businessman we want to be, we have to get rid of this whole unruly aspect as part of our group. So that, that was basically the motive behind the Lennoxville Purge. It was, a, it was a time for them to get rid of their unruly members. Those unruly members had basically created very, uh, very complicated debt with a group called the West End Gang and, and this whole uh, thing that transpired on March 24th, 1985 was a settling of all those accounts. As a, as a sign of what the Hells Angels later became after the Lennoxville Purge, and basically a sign of proof of what the, the, what the motive was behind it, the Hells Angels became a very uh, much more business-like group afterwards, and the members who were recruited into it were much more business-like. The best example of that is Morris Mum Boucher, who was recruited just a few years after the Purge and attracted into the gang be uh, after it. And what happened was that Morris Mumbouchet, if, if you consider it one of its typical members, he was very, very well organized, very businesslike, and took the Hells Angels onto a whole other level. Uh, he joined the, initially joined the Montreal chapter, but then he later went on and decided he wanted his own, his own thing and created the, the Nomads chapter of the Hells Angels. And that took the Hells Angels uh, in Quebec into a whole other stratosphere. It basically brought them up to the level of of uh, the, the Mafia and, and any other organized crime group in Quebec. This is Who Killed Teresa. Life isn't fair, 
Justice is blind and dysfunctional. And some cops aren't smart and dedicated, like on television. today about uh, the unsolved murder of Sylvie Michaud in 1980 uh, from Montreal. But um, it's all how you get there, right? It's all about the journey, and today's journey is going to meander a bit. Uh, I'm going to start, um, despite my better judgment, I'm going to start uh, with, as I say, a, a winding tale beginning with the... Uh, Quebec Hells Angels biker gang. Uh, but even before we go there, um, <clears throat> something uh, 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 interesting this this week. I, I, I certainly notice uh, listenership and and who is listening. I think I've said several times. You know, not more popular in the United States. Uh, uh, Canada certainly, but not so much in in Quebec. There's uh, is the podcast popular, but um, there has been a change. Um, for the longest time, uh, the number one listening city uh, in the world was uh, Chicago. And I don't know why. Uh, I'm certainly grateful that Chicago is listening. Um, but that has changed. Uh, Chicago is now number two. The number one listening city in the world is now Montreal. <laughs> yeah. Montreal, then Chicago, Toronto, West Palm Beach, all those snowbirds down there, London. Uh, New York, Houston, Melbourne, San Francisco, Los Angeles. So, uh, out of boy, Montreal, way to way to come on board. To begin, we're, we're going to talk about this seminal event in the Canadian organized crime, the, the the Lennoxville Purge, the Lennoxville Massacre, nineteen I've I've kind of stitched together a version of this story from various sources. Uh, this is a very a pretty well known uh, story in in uh, in Canada, particularly in Quebec. But um, uh, how I'm going to choose to use it is is somewhat unique. The this story is somewhat personal to me. Uh, Lennoxville, if it, that sounds familiar, the, uh, that's the. That's the small little village in the eastern townships of Quebec, about um, an hour and a half drive uh, east of Montreal, uh, where my sister was a student at the the town's college, Champlain College, uh, Bishop's University. Um, at the time, she was murdered in 1978. So a lot of the landscape uh, for this one is uh, particularly familiar to me. Um so um, with that, um, I will um, attempt to kind of explain to you uh, 
what the story of the Lennoxville purge was and um, how from that the um, Quebec Hells Angels uh, grew into the um, uh, probably one of the number one threats to uh, Quebec uh, society uh, in the modern era. La Provence du Québec bids you bienvenue. Welcome indeed, mesdames et messieurs. We of La Provence du Québec look forward with genuine pleasure to greeting you as our guests. We are sure you will enjoy the relaxation, the gracious living of our lovely and historic old province. For amidst the upheavals of modern times, we have been able to retain the tempo, the true atmosphere of old France in America. Come and see us. You need no passport, and for most of you, Quebec is only overnight. Come by car or train, by bus or plane, or steamship. But come. So, the Lennoxville purge it was a mass murder, and it took place uh, at the Hells Angels uh, clubhouse um, in in Lennoxville, Quebec. Some say in Sherbrooke, Colette, Quebec. It's uh, the the clubhouse is uh, actually along the road, sort of. Um, midway between Sherbrooke and Lennoxville, road going north-south. And depending on when and who was incorporated and annexed when, it at one time could have been in Sherbrooke and then Lennoxville. Um, but this has led to some of the confusion around to the story, what we'll get to. So it's a mass murder uh, that occurred on March 24th, 1985, when five members of the Hells Angels North chapter were shot dead. And the event uh, pretty much divided um, rival outlaw uh, motorcycle gangs in Quebec and leading uh, eventually to the formation of uh, the Rock Machine Motorcycle Club, which became a major rival um, uh, to the Hells Angels and led to the the biker wars of the um, 1990s. Some background. In the 1960s and 70s, one of Montreal's more prominent biker gangs were the Popeyes, who were led by uh, Yves uh, uh, Bouteau. And in the 1970s, the Popeyes um, fought against the Devil's Disciples, Satan's Choice biker gangs. And as one uh, journalist noted at the time, that uh, he said that the violence that ensued cemented Quebec's reputation as one of the most dangerous places for organized crime to do business in North America. The journalist James Dubrow wrote that there's, there's always has been more violence in Quebec. In the biker world, it's known as the red zone. And I remember an outlaw hitman telling me he was scared of going to Montreal. The Hells Angels, who had been uh, looking to expand into Canada, decided that the Popeyes were the best uh, gang to take their organization to the next level in Canada. So on, um, I think we mentioned this last time, on December 5th, 1977, 
um, the Popeyes patched over to become the first Hell's Angels chapter in Canada. And uh, in uh, December 77, uh, Wire releases their first album, Pink Flag, which is brilliant. As the Hells Angels continue to grow in September 1979, the the Montreal chapter is split. It's divided into two with um, uh, the Montreal North chapter is actually not located in Montreal. It's located in Laval. And the Montreal South chapter, which also somewhat confusingly is not located in Montreal South, it's located in the town of Sorel, which is about uh, an hour or two um, up the St. Lawrence River. The uh, the North chapter um, um, consisted mostly of former Popeye members and uh, still retained a lot of the Popeye attitudes. Um, and in contrast to this, the, the Southern chapter, this uh, Sorel chapter, is headed by uh, Régent Zigzag Lessard, and they were uh, much more disciplined than the North chapter. The uh, the head of the North chapter is uh, Yves uh, Le Boss Bouteau, and uh, he's gunned down in September of 1983. And in, in contrast to uh, Le Boss, the man who succeeds him, uh, Laurent Langlais Viau, had a more tolerant attitude towards violence and drug use. The, the This Laval chapter, which um, had often chafed at... Um, um, the the rules about not using drugs um, started to swing out of control under Vio's leadership as uh, Vio himself um, starts uh, becoming addicted to cocaine, alcohol, and prostitutes. And uh, all of the rest of the, 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 this chapter begin to follow his example. Now, the other hell, it's, uh, Hell's Angels felt that the North chapter bikers were just becoming too wild and uncontrollable. Um, they, they would, for example, often use the drugs they were supposed to sell and were suspected of skimming uh, drug profits that were meant for other uh, Hells Angels chapters. Uh, the North chapter had taken at least $60,000 that uh, was meant for other chapters for themselves and uh, kind of their, their, their lazy aggression uh, frequently led them uh, to being arrested for minor offenses, uh, which put, you know, the entire organization in Quebec at risk. One uh, noted uh, uh, local reporter said, um, at, th- at that moment in 1985, the Hells Angels were doing a cleanup to become a real crime criminal organization. Before that, they were disorganized and unruly, they were like a street gang. The Laval guys weren't following the steps the others were taking. They they fit more into the image of traditional bikers, and um, it was really going against the new philosophy of the Hells Angels. Uh, the, the all the other Hells Angels just wanted to be businessmen. And then other organized crime groups uh, that the Hells Angels did business with, such as the Mafia, the West End Gang, um, had been pressuring the Angels to bring this Montreal North chapter uh, based in Laval under control. The uh, Hells Angel assassin, uh, 
Yves uh, Apache Trudeau later disclosed that relations between the Montreal North and Montreal South chapters of the Hells Angels were, quote, ice cold by the beginning of 1985. In March 1985, at a secret meeting in Sorel, the Montreal North chapter was declared to be in bad standing with the Angels, and it was decided they were to be liquidated. The, the plan called for two members of the Laval chapter to be forced into retirement. Another two members uh, um, were to be given a chance to join the Southern, uh, the South chapter, and the rest were all uh, to be killed. A party is announced uh, to be held at the clubhouse of the Sherbrooke chapter in March of 1985. Um, and the attendees will be the Sorel chapter, uh, the chapter from Laval, from Halifax, Nova Scotia, and Sherbrooke, um, which at that time were, were all of the uh, Hells Angels chapters in the eastern part of Canada. There were four chapters in British Columbia, but um, they did not attend the uh, party. At uh, Lennoxville, the, the Angels planned to ambush the Laval chapter as they entered the, the clubhouse. But the plan failed when most of the the targets, but the people, they just didn't, they didn't bother to show up to the party. Um, so it was decided to extend the party um, to a second day. And at this point, um, they made it be known that uh, participation at this um, party was mandatory. Most of the North chapter now showed up uh, with the notable exceptions of uh, Yiv uh, Trudeau who was in rehab being treated for a cocaine addiction, and Michel Jinx-Janet, who was in the hospital recovering from a, a failed assassination attempt by another biker gang. Um, the founding member of Hells Angels Canada and president of the North Chapter, Laurent Langlevieux, and four of its members, uh, Jean-Guy, Brutus, Geoffrion, Jean-Pierre, Matt Le Croiseur, Matthew, Michel, Willy, Mayrand, and uh, Guy-Louis Chop Adam attended. When um, the five North Chapter members arrived, they were forced into the center of the room at the Hells Angels bunker clubhouse, where they were all shot dead. Three members of the Laval chapter who attended the party, uh, Gilles uh, Lenay Lachance, uh, Richard Burt Mayrand, uh, the brother of the other Mayrand who was assassinated, and uh, Yvonne Lepère uh, Bilido were ordered to remove the bodies and wash away the blood. 
Mayrand and Billy Doe were given the option to retire from the organization or be killed. La Chance was offered membership in the South Chapter, which he accepted. Uh, together with uh, Jacques uh, Le Pel, uh, Peltier and uh, Robert Snake Tremblay of the South Chapter. La Chance went to see Genet to inform him that he could either join the Sorel Chapter or be killed. And uh, he chose to live. Over the next few days, the Laval Clubhouse was looted with with all the money and drugs stored in it um, being taken along with the six Harley-Davidson motorcycles. Uh, Despite the original plan to kill uh, uh, Trudeau at the Sherbrooke Clubhouse, um, he was contacted at uh, the clinic where he was staying in Oka, um, uh, recovering from drug, drug rehab. And uh, he was told that he had been expelled from the Angels, but he could rejoin if he killed three people whom the Hells Angels wanted dead. Now, um, Pierre uh, de Champlain, who's a former RCMP officer and a specialist on biker crime, stated that um, the police noticed that the Laval chapter's garage that served as their bunker was closed and the girlfriends of the guys who disappeared were approached and they were asked, uh, hey, have you seen your boyfriend lately? And, you know, things like that. And then they had realized that these people had disappeared, um, but they didn't know yet that they were dead. In June of 1985, so three months later, a fisherman on the St. Lawrence River caught part of a decomposing body um, part of one of the dead bikers and um so police divers come in and at the bottom of the saint lawrence they find um the decomposing bodies of the victims wrapped in sleeping bags and tied with uh weightlifting plates also found with the bodies um was the skeleton of uh, uh bertha desjardins who had been missing since february 1980 Desjardins was the wife of a Hell's Angel who was uh, liquidated by Apache uh, Trudeau as a possible police informer. And while he was at it, uh, Yves Trudeau uh, killed her too to ensure her silence. Um, And, you know, as I kind of inferred at the beginning, the the name that the media gave the case, the, the Lennoxville massacre is kind of a kind of a misnomer um because it, technically the the uh, the massacre took place in Sherbrooke it should be the Sherbrooke massacre but it it it, it got labeled that way because the the five victims um had stayed the night before um and partied at a motel in Lennoxville before going to the Sherbrooke clubhouse now that's important because at that time, to my mind, there was only one um, Sherbrooke uh, motel that I know of, and it was, it's the Paisan Motel. It's still there today. It's still popular with the biker crowd. Um, 
And I know it because that's where me and my parents stayed in 1978, November 1978, um, when we traveled from St. John, New Brunswick to uh, Lennoxville when Teresa was first reported missing. And now I'm going to shortly wrap this up and then I'll get to my point. Uh, Gilles Lachance, who was profoundly troubled by the massacre, um, uh, his involvement that, that he had witnessed, he contacted the Sarté du Québec to state his willingness to, uh, to work as a, an informer and wear a, a wire. Um, and one of the participants in the killings, uh, uh, Jerry uh, Lachat, Colombe, <laughs> you got you gotta love the, the nicknames, right? <laughs> um, uh, Christian Gravner was mentioning yesterday his favorite biker nickname was there was a guy named he was simply called Unreliable. <laughs> anyway, so uh, La Chacalom, a prospect with the South Chapter, was was so troubled by the massacre that he also turned informer and wore a wire uh, for the Sarté de Québec. Um, Yves uh, Apache Trudeau, the Hells Angels from Montreal chapter, who did not attend the Lennoxville meeting, uh, while he was in prison, uh, realized that he would probably be killed by the Angels. And this is later. So he eventually, he cut a deal um, with the Crown. And this is, this is very controversial um, for testifying against the Hells Angels uh, leadership in Quebec. The Crown treated the 43 murders Trudeau had committed between 1970 and 1985 as manslaughter um, for, and for which he would only serve seven years in prison. Uh, conversely, as a result, Trudeau's uh, testimony uh, as a result of it, 90, 90, 90 murders were solved and 19 Hells Angels were convicted. Um, and as I say, yeah, there's much controversy over the uh, leniency of the sentence of uh, Yves uh, Apache Trudeau. I'll close here with the convictions. There were several member, members of the Hells Angels were, that were present and, and played roles in the slaughter, but only four, um, Jacques Pelletier, Luc uh, Michaud, uh, Réjean Zigzag, Lizard, and, and later Robert Snake Tremblay were convicted of first-degree murder. Pelletier, Michaud, Lizard, and Tremblay, they were given life sentences um, for the murders with no chance of parole before 25 years. Um, they were all granted parole, nonetheless, on, on the Faith Hope Clause. You can look that up or search it if you want, but basically it means uh, they, they only ended up serving um, 17 to 22 years each. Um, now, of the men uh, convicted of, ma uh, of the massacre, uh, this is sort of like, uh, so where are they now? R Robert Snake Tremblay was granted full parole on... Uh, the 30th of August, 2004, and he's living in Montreal. Tremblay told the parole board, quote, I sincerely deplore having taken the life of another person. I am very aware that I have to watch out for who I associate with and that I have everything to lose 
if I return to the criminal world. Now, we'll get back to that. Second, uh, Luc Michaud was granted full parole on the 6th of May 2005, uh, de denying that he killed anyone, but uh, stated that he regretted his involvement with uh, a crime um, that put him in prison for 20 years. Uh, Michaud, uh, described as a zealous hell's angel at the time of his conviction, returned to Roman Catholicism um, while in prison and was expelled from the Angels in 1993. He's also living in Montreal at the present. Uh, actually, this is from an old article. Some of these guys may have passed by now. Um, uh, Régin Zigzag Lessard, the leader of the plot behind the massacre, converted to Buddhism while in prison and left the Angels in 1989. Lessard was granted day parole 3rd of February 2006, telling the National Parole Board that had he'd become a vegetarian, a pacifist, and a Buddhist, saying, you can't be a Buddhist and be in that milieu. Lassard was granted full parole on the 11th of August 2010, living in Montreal. Finally, Jacques Pelletier was granted full parole on the 6th of May 2013, but he was sent back to prison in 2014 after he violated the terms of his parole by associating with the Hell's Angels. I don't really care about bikers and Hell's Angels and whether they kill each other. It's not my interest um, but I would like to know um, how it is that Robert Snake Tremblay who is quoted as saying I sincerely deplore having taken the life of another person I am very aware that I have to watch out for who I associate with and that I have everything to lose if I return to the criminal world. I would like to know how it is that he apparently, Robert Snake Tromley, got away with murder in 1980, the murder of a go-go dancer, Sylvie Michaud. There's no photo of Sylvie Michaud. There's only, that I can find, two short notices um, from the Montreal Gazette. Uh, her body is found on April 25th, 1980. Um, she is an 18-year-old go-go dancer, and her body's found in a lane near 7042 uh, Days Ecor, in a residential area of Rosemount on a Friday morning. And uh, the, the autopsy, it says, shows that she had been strangled. And then later, small notice, uh, police seek man in go-go dancer's death. Montreal Urban Community Police have obtained a coroner's warrant 
for the arrest of Robert Tremblay, 29, in connection with the strangulation death of 18-year-old go-go dancer Sylvie Michaud. Michaud's body was found last Friday. Police said Tremblay is 5 feet 10 inches, weighs 205 pounds, and has brown hair and brown eyes. Now, um, is it a different Robert Tremblay? I don't think so. Um, the age uh, is works out. It's the same age as the Tremblay from 1985. If he's, if he's um, uh, 29 here, he's he's about 34 in in 85, which is what the Robert Robert Snake Tremblay was uh, at the time of the Lennoxville massacre. And I have photos of both men. Um, uh, side by each, and it looks like the same guy. Uh, there's a few. The, the, the timing is different. One is taken from the the 80s. One is taken after Tremblay was released from prison. Um, and um, this is remarkable to me because uh, I got a hold of the the coroner's report. I've never seen one of these when the suspect is is named twice twice in the document um and he's clearly he's um they get testimony from him uh it's listed here from tremblay um and it it states that not only was she strangled she was um well she was uh she was intoxicated on uh, some some form of of drug at the time of her death. She was beaten about um, the head uh, and then strangled to death. And uh, it's reported um, that that uh, Tremblay had been seen that night, he, that he hit her. Not only did he hit her, a, wit- a witness testified that he hit her, um, that uh, Michaud had been dragged by force um, uh, by the vehicle that Robert Tremblay was was dr- uh, driving that night, so I don't know how you can um, have this great remorse uh, f- for the your participation in the Lennoxville uh, massacre and cast it as if it's the only time you've committed murder when clearly. You had uh, you had committed murder five years earlier on someone. Let's face it, that the the world considered um, street trash. You have to ask yourself, uh, where is the police in all of this? What is what is their responsibility? Did uh, I don't know? Did they? Did they cut a deal with Robert Tremblay? Um, and Sylvie Michaud was just expendable? And her her life and the solving of her murder was not important because they had more uh, uh, pressing matters to deal with in, um, you know, playing games of cops and robbers. This is Who Killed Teresa, and I'm your host, John Allure. If you like the podcast, uh, 
please um, uh, tweet about it, uh, talk about it, uh, suggest it to a friend. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, whatever floats your boat. I'll, um, I'll put um, some visual information uh, up on the website, uh, teresalore.com. T-H-E-R-E-S-A-A-L-L-O-R-E, including um, a couple of articles written by Paul Cherry of the Gazette um, covering this case. And uh, that was was Paul Cherry at the the opening of the broadcast and a a little piece he did for the Gazette. Um, I'll also also post that as well, that little film. You get to see Paul explaining the history of the angels, Hell's Angels. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Teresa Lore. Uh, there's a uh, Facebook page, Teresa, um, Who Killed Teresa, the podcast on Facebook. You can find us there. Um, a, um, an expedient uh, uh, episode this week, uh, short and sweet. It's the way I like it. Um, thanks uh, a whole lot for listening. This has been Who Killed Teresa. And have yourselves a great, great day. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Every advertiser knows the perfect campaign needs the perfect music to make it really pop. With Premium Beat, you get tracks produced by award-winning musicians working in world-class studios. So all of your videos will sound and feel professional. Best of all, unlike other music providers, our license gives you tracks for a lifetime. Pay once and never again. Save 25% on your next track. Just visit premiumbeat.com slash royalty dash free slash podcast to redeem your coupon. That's premiumbeat.com slash royalty dash free slash podcast.